Hi, I'm Anap and this is the Service Design Show. Hi everyone, my name is Mark and welcome to a brand new episode of the Service Design Show podcast. This show is all about helping you do work that makes you proud by designing and delivering services that have a positive impact on people and are good for business. My guest in this episode is, among many things, a designer, futurist and co-founder of Superflux, which is a foresight and design organization in London. Her name is Annette Jane. In the next 30 minutes, Annette and I will be talking about the role we play as a design community in the topic of climate change. We'll talk about why we must look beyond human-centered design and understand its limits. And we'll talk about do we as designers solve problems or are we actually creating them? If you like what you hear in this episode and you'd like to see more, don't forget that you can find more content on our Instagram account and of course our YouTube channel. And if you're interested to learn how to explain service design in plain English, check out the free course that I've got for you, which is based on all the mistakes I've made in the past years. You can find that course uh, at servicedesignshow.com slash free course. And finally, I want to thank all the people who reached out to me on LinkedIn based on the previous episodes. I really like that. And if you haven't done so already, make sure to look me up, uh, connect with me and send me a message telling that you're listening to the podcast. That would be really awesome. So that's it for the introduction. And now let's quickly jump into the interview with Anap. Welcome to the show, Anap. Thank you for having me. Uh, super cool to have you on the show. I was just checking uh, my email and the first time we actually got in touch was all the way back in 2008 when you were doing mm-hmm. what I would call, I would find that in a service design project, but we, we said we're going to elaborate and look far beyond service design. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that, that's a long time ago. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, probably my graduating project. Was it the yellow chair project? The yellow chair. I'm curious if it's still online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nearly, nearly um, 14 years ago now. Wow. And mm-hmm. for the people who don't know who you are, could you give like a 30 second introduction? Sure. Um, so uh, I'm an Jen. I'm a designer and co-founder of a London-based studio called Superflux. I'm also a professor of design investigations at the University of Applied Arts in Vienna. And uh, a lot of my work explores how we can bring the f- different possible futures closer to the present. Cool. And that is also, I think, the central theme for this topic. We'll, again, we'll be expanding beyond services. And I always like the episodes that are on the fringes of that. So we're going to do interview jazz. And I sort of Quickly prepared just before the episode, so uh, we're going to improvise. Um, are you ready? Yeah, sure. All right. I have the first topic that hasn't been in any of the 30, 73 episodes before, and this topic is about climate change. Do you have a question starter? And um, can you show it? And what kind of questions do we get around climate change? Hmm. How can we as designers not think about this topic because we aren't thinking about it enough 
Yeah, I mean, that is already telling that if it's 73 episodes so far, this topic hasn't come up. You're absolutely uh, clearly, right. Yeah. Uh, it is uh, something that's not on the minds of other designers that you've interviewed. Um, it does not mean that uh, it could be on their minds and they have decided not to speak about it. Um, I, I'm, I'm guessing that's probably more like it because I think nobody today can escape uh, this it's not a topic, it's not a theme, it's our lives, it's mm. the lives of um, future generations, it's, it's uh, we are in a crisis, uh, we, we can deny it as much as we want, but um, if we were to look at all sort of facts that the IPCC report have brought out, um, it is clear that we are on a very steep downhill sort of uh, trajectory if we don't start doing something actively about it. What can we do as a design community? What what is our role in this field? That's a good question. I mean, I ask that my I ask that to myself all the time. I think uh, I think designers can do a lot. I think we have a lot of tools and methods uh, that we can apply to one bring awareness about this topic. Secondly, design more sustainable products and services that are not becoming obsolete so that they last longer, so we lose less resource. Thirdly, understand supply chains better and understand that anything we design has a knock-on effect and has an implication on the climate and the environment. Um, there are yeah, there are there are a load of things. I think designers actually are uh, part of the problem. That we are in today as, as 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 climate change we have been responsible for creating products for the consumerist society that are opposite of sustainable make makes sense and how do we how do we reverse that what kind of mindset or attitude do we need to adopt to yeah to, to, yeah. to fix what we've created <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we, I, I would say that I, I would say that we are part of the problem. I don't think we've created this problem as such. So I don't think, and I don't think uh, we should say that we are fully responsible for solving this problem. I don't think it's a problem that can be solved, but it's a challenge we need to address. Um, I try to think about it as uh, do what we can and be more actively involved in trying to do what we can. So start taking active stance about the ethical positions of the organizations you have created or work with, try and work more with climate-related projects, try and challenge practices of your clients that do not feel sustainable, do some audits and checks about the ethics of organizations you work with. Um, there is so much you can do. And basically, be more critical about this topic, right? Yeah, be more critical, be more aware, be more proactive. What, what, are there any um, projects, designers, initiatives that inspire you? Is there anything we can sort of get that, that gives you hope that we'll be able to make progress? I mean, there is so much. I don't know whether I could point that as designers, but there's so much work out there. Um, you know, uh, there's so much work around upcycling, recycling. There's so much around looking at the whole local growing food movements, the transition town movements. These are all extremely powerful ways in which um, people are trying to to make a difference. The only problem is the financial incentive. Somehow our current uh, economic system is so 
weirdly broken that things that come from California to the UK are strangely cheaper than things I could get from my local farmer. And that's because of the incentives that uh, the roads and transports get, the incentives that are, are embedded in the system support this kind of uh, non-environmental friendly behavior. Mm. So I think it's about trying to create systems and services that actually financially incentivize local farmers so that what we can grow and get locally, for instance, in terms of food, is uh, equivalent even in the pricing. Makes sense. And I think although uh, we didn't start start out with service design here, this is this really has a lot to do with systems thinking, service thinking, and how operations work, how logistics work. Uh, so I think we sh we should, with our skills, be able to at least contribute uh, to this point. Yeah. One one final question regarding this. Um, you already uh, gave some hints, but if people want to really move forward with this, what are some resources that they could look at? Where should they start looking? What What is your inspiration? Um, I mean, I think on one level, it's really important to familiarize yourself with the data available. So look, don't shy away. Look at the IPCC reports. Look at the work that is done by transition towns. Look at the work done by local organizations in your neighborhoods that are trying to create awareness. I mean, I couldn't point to one, uh, oh, this is a website, yeah. go and get this resource. But it's all around you if you want to start paying attention. And I think it's good that we finally addressed it here on the show. So uh, <laughs> finally. Um, yeah. Are you ready to move on into topic number two? Because this will be a, a controversial one. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it, it, seems, it seems like it should totally fit into the show because <laughs> this topic is human-centered design. And again, do you have a question yeah. starter? Yeah. Um, so my question starter would be, what if we move beyond human-centered design? Hmm. Or what if we uh, stop thinking? Uh, or, or what if we give up the idea of human-centered design, even more controversially? Please explain. But, <laughs> but maybe don't give up. I think, uh, so I think connected to this climate thing, actually, I've been thinking a lot about human, um, the idea of human-centered design, and I've been, uh, and I think human-centered design has a place in the world. We, it helps us really understand very closely the needs and the desires and anxieties and hopes of people for whom we are designing, and that can lead to more empathic, more, more, uh, more uh, sort of kind of the, the sort of right things that people would really want. So I think there's a role for that, you know, when you are designing uh, a sort of uh, uh, a device for a visually impaired person, you want to be doing it from the point of view of that person. But my concern is that we've taken it so far and we have embedded this idea of human-centered design in line with how the world operates. So we think of the human as the center of the universe. And so this, this is a very anthropocentric pers pers perspective or point of view where we put the human as the center of everything. And that is problematic. And I think 
increasing. They have been kind of being very inspired by a lot of anthropologists and multi-species uh, ecologists and, and, and been un trying to understand uh, this, this kind of idea of what um, I'm calling the more than human-centered design. And it's, it's, it could be a lot of other people have talked about it and you may have different terms for it. But the idea is how can we move uh, past uh, or how can we move above this anthropocentric view to consider ourselves as one amongst many other species in the in the in the in, in the universe or in, on, on the planet. So that when we designing just from the point of view of humans, we may um, make compromises in terms of the ecology of the environment that yes let's dam the rivers because we need more waters because humans are are need more water mm. or whatever and that may not be good because that water which was going to a lot of other species and was was keeping a whole other ecological system alive has abruptly been cut off and so I think on, that's why my whole idea of this, you know, we are part of the problem is that we think of design as problem solving. And when we are solving one problem, we are actually creating other problems. And so actually, I want to move beyond this problem solving paradigm as well, because we are not, we shouldn't be under this hubris that we are problem solvers at that kind of scale, because that gives us a lot of power and with power comes responsibility. So it would be good to kind of get more humility, step back a bit, and and, and consider our role mm. better. Our, our role yeah. as humans. Uh, and our role as humans, but our role as designers, because mm. we put things out in the world that affects other people and affects the planet. So we have a, a role and a responsibility as designers. I, I think um, in one of the episodes, if I'm not mistaken, is was with Mauricio Manias. He said, like, uh, it sort of has been proven already that human-centered design will lead to destroying our planet. <laughs> that's basically, okay. yeah, that's, so uh, there, there should definitely be something else in the center rather than the human. Um, is there anything, um, it, it seems, I, I have the feeling that like the, the I, I don't know if hype is the right word, but the awareness of human-centered design hasn't come yet to its end, that more and more people are sort of engaging it. Um, should we stop them? Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know. And I think that's a very good point because it's true. There's so much work has gone into it and we need that because otherwise we were uh, doing this whole efficiency model and, and, you know, just this kind of... So I I, I don't want to kind of... I don't think it's one against the other. Mm -hmm. I think it's trying to create this parallel chains of thought and reflection. And I don't think... Uh, the way you practice human-centered design can bring the more than human perspective onto it. Right. It's not, it's not um, stop doing what you're doing in terms of human-centered and start moving on to this. I think more than human-centered design is more of a lens with mm. which you operate mm. in the world. Well, it, it, I don't know if it's a solution, but at least from what I would add to my uh, philosophy about human-centered design is always to include sort of the, the environment. Like when yeah. we're designing for human centeredness, you should all always also be designing for things that are good for ecology, right? That's that's yeah. we always talk about viability, desirability, and feasibility. Mm -hmm. 
but like the na the, the planet part is missing there and that might already yeah. be a step in the right direction exactly exactly yeah mm. Mm. um what is what what is the thing that puzzles you about more than human centered design what is the thing that we need to crack or should be thinking about to actually get there um i think i think it's just paying more attention i think it's noticing things around us i think it's it's taking a meta perspective on on on, on things like like we talk a lot about air pollution for instance and it affects us but air pollution um is the idea actually connected to more than human centered design of interdependence and the idea that we are not mutually exclusive we as humans what we do affects other things or other things affect us it's like we're all interconnected like air pollution that we transmit not not only affects our health but goes up into the uh, into the uh, atmosphere comes down in form of rain goes into the oceans and the seas and the rivers um that is the water that the sea, uh, the fish drink that they have toxins in their bodies that's again the fish that we fish and eat i mean um, that there is everything is connected to everything else and the more one starts observing one realizes that we can't have these fixes so this whole idea of problem solving or let's fix this what's the technological fix it's it works up to a point and then you realize you're making the system more and more fragile yeah and more yeah. and more non resilient hmm. um it's the opposite of a forest essentially we, we should be taking an even more like you 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 said it's a meta view but it's a you could say a holistic or systemic view and yeah. and the the more we isolate so, solutions the more well, that there will be a, the third topic, but the more problems we're probably creating, right? Yeah, exactly. It's just this: uh, we cannot see, we can no longer think of ourselves as an isolated species. Yeah. that's the problem. Yeah, this it should be a call to arms for designers because I because we are a design. I'm on a design show, and you are a designer, and I'm a designer. This is we 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 just can't let this go on. Yeah. I, I'm just at that point in my life where that's what I feel. <laughs> I don't know how much I can actually act upon my kind of yay well, or what power I have. Yeah, at least addressing I, it here and sort of putting the yeah. topic on the table is is creating yeah. awareness. For, this is this is maybe and this hasn't been talked about a lot, and I don't know why. Maybe it's a taboo in the design field, but. Um, we should be discussing more the limitations, the limitations of the current perspective of human-centered design. We we primarily yeah. talk about what it allows to do, the uh, yeah, what it enables. I don't hear yeah. so many conversations about what the limitations are, or what maybe the the consequences yeah. or the downsides are, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of uh, conversation in my kind of world going on in this space. A lot of people are talking about it. I think it's. I think uh, it's getting more attention, actually, slowly. Yeah. Good. Important. Yeah. We have uh, a third topic that sort of uh, we are interconnecting everything, and this one uh, yeah. sort of we already touched upon this, but let's let's see if anything new comes out. Our topic number three. Do you remember what it is? And it's problems. 
Yeah. So it was about problem solving, wasn't it? Um, yes. <clears throat> now we get it. I mean, you know, <laughs> it can be like how far, how far can we go um, with the idea of problem solving, or how far can we live with the hubris that we are problem solvers? Mm. And and I think this is a very this is not something that I'm talking about. I think a lot of designers have already talked about it. I think there's a lot of pros and cons to it. It's not like uh, I think a lot of design is problem solving. I have a issue with my with the grip of my cup, and it's a problem. And I know that design can fix it. I know I have a problem with the service I'm using, and there are really intelligent, smart. Uh, uh, and elegant ways of fixing that problem so that my experience is better. So don't get me wrong in that, yes, there are problems that designers are best trained to solve. Mm -hmm. and I just think that this uh, uh, the rhetoric around it and the, con the kind of bigger um, sort of um, agenda, like the bigger sort of um, idea that designers are problem solvers and what that does is it it often can remove some humility that actually can't solve all the problems or you're so determined to solve the prop that particular problem in front of you that we often don't think of the consequences intended and unintended of creating that fix so I think in some cases it works. Like for instance, with the with the better experience and with the mug, it works. But when you're saying, okay, my problem is I need to create a system that will allow users to stay longer on my platform. So I will create more and more sticky content to keep bringing the users back because my financial or my boss's financial revenue model is based on the number amount of time users spend on my platform. Now we are seeing the consequence of that, the unintended consequence on the amount of addiction and problems that social media and YouTube are creating. So this is the YouTube algorithm that says spend as much time as possible on the platform. But who is it that's spending time and at the cost of what? Yes. So so it's it's this kind of uh, thing that can is very slippery. This, this problem solving uh, idea can be very slippery quickly and can get into all sorts of... So I think we need to come up with new language. I think we need to come up with a language and vocabulary that is more humble, that is more uh, of that of trying, of that's more questioning our own processes, that's more reflective, you know, all of that. Yeah, and, <laughs> and a lot of that has been... Uh... I don't know if it's lost or it's definitely has been there, like the critical thinking aspect and the reflection and the deep thinking. That is something that has been addressed uh, lately many times. And uh, the sort of the we're getting into a stage with design where everything is about let's 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 fix this in five days. Let's do a design sprint and then have the yeah. solution like everything. The things need to it's like a magic potion rather than uh, let's spend some time deep dive into this community. Just, you know, what you could do, what designers could do actually, sorry to interrupt. We could just cancel the idea of sprints. 
just cancel sprints. Try it. Try and do projects without sprints and see what happens. And no workshops. That would be an interesting challenge for a lot of people. In conversations, have Mm. conversations, deep conversations when you need. Go away and think. Spend time on the field. Observe. But get out of this uh, predetermined yeah. methods that you yeah. think will give you solutions. And 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 this requires uh, um, sort of courage. I don't know if that's the right word, but it requires designers to take a stand and say, you know, this might sound sexy and interesting and and seem like a good fit for this uh, situation, but in the long term, is it th- really? this, this that's is right. Sorry. You sh- is is it really the right? Exactly. It's not usually. It's not know. sustainable. Yeah. Are you are you looking for something fancy right now, or are you looking for a real sustainable solution? I think that's. Yeah. yeah. And I think I think that is something designers can do. It's in our power. We have the power to 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 prescribe the methods that we feel are most suited. To, to long-term thinking and to, exactly. to, to a more sustainable uh, world as much as we can. And I, we, think, we you're, yeah. I think you're absolutely yeah. right. And we sort of be, should be uh, challenging our clients and the people around us to focus on long-term solutions uh, rather than things to fix tomorrow. We should always have that perspective in, I don't know, three, five, maybe even 10 years, right? Yeah. I mean, if you have children, your uh, your uh, time horizon. If you have a five-year-old, your time horizon is the end of the century, because that's exactly. how, how long they are going exactly. to live. You're not even thinking about grandchildren if 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 you don't want to. But so it's ten years is nothing. Exactly. Yeah. And how are you contributing to that? It, it's a deep it's a deep question. It may be a hard question, but it, it is the question we should be asking in order to create a more i don't know pleasant world? I, think so. I think so i think we're running out of time hmm. this is uh and this is your opportunity we we talked a lot uh about really important stuff but this is your opportunity to ask the viewers and the listeners of the show a question is there anything you'd like us to think about reflect upon comment on um I would just like to, um, I, I think I I would love to hear, like, you know, I don't know what others are reading and what are the, the thinking and, you know, how can, uh, is there a space to create a healthy conversation about this that is not just um, uh, kind of, you know, flame worry quickly can become some of these things. Um, um, I, I, I just, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, just ways to engage further in these um, topics and, and read more and talk to more interesting people. Yeah. If there was a way to connect up. Yeah. Well, let's see how many people respond to this call and leave a comment on this episode. Um, and uh, I know, I know you're super busy, so I'm really thankful for you showing up Thank here, you. sharing what's on your mind, sharing some, addressing some really important uh topic so thanks a lot thank you so we're almost at the end of this episode if you enjoyed this episode don't forget to share it with somebody who might enjoy it as well and if you are looking for more content you can find it on our youtube channel 
and Instagram account. And don't forget to connect with me on LinkedIn if you haven't done so already. Thanks again for listening to the Service Design Show. It was great having you. Enjoy the rest of your day and I'll catch you in two weeks time with a brand new episode. See you then.